Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Deck Hockey Focus. We are your number one source of deck hockey news, information, and entertainment. Uh, on tonight's episode, we're going to give you a quick preview of Team USA. We had a top list uh, list of top 30 prospects released. We're going to talk to you about our new newest segment, Basement Basics, and how we're going to try our best to help you get better as players so you can go out there and score some more goals. And we have a special guest tonight who's going to give us his opinion on the summer tournament, having not really played deck other than the summer tournaments, and what he thinks all about deck hockey and how much he loves it. On tonight's episode, we got your host as always, Zach Hurt. Ryan Shackleford. Eric Mock. And our special guest tonight... Kyle McKenna. Just like every episode from season one, we like to start every episode cracking a cold one with the boys. Okay, there was a big announcement about Team USA. Eric Mock, do you want to kick yeah, us off? Yeah, they got, uh, they just released the, I guess, preliminary roster or the candidates for what's to be Team USA. And, I mean, there's top talent uh, from bottom to top, really. And uh, there's a few names that I'm not 100% familiar with. Uh, I know a lot of the local guys more so. Uh, but Shackelford has really got the inside track on all these guys. He's been studying, like, night and day, and we've got the lowdown. So, uh, Shaq, why don't you run us down the list and give us the insight, and I guess we'll, we'll chip in where we can. <laughs> but I don't have a lot to offer that, that people probably don't already know. Fair enough. So, so before we start with the players, I uh, want to talk about the coaches, the general manager, the staff, and how these guys came about. So the general manager, uh, Marty Filion, I think uh, everybody local is familiar with him. And he's teamed up with uh, Joe Giacchino at uh, Waterloo Deck Hockey. Joe- and they have no life, by the way. This is all they talk about. They go to dinner, they talk about rosters. They sit around, and if they're having a beer, they're talking about rosters. Like These guys are day and night recruiting. It's unbelievable. Marty was- Marty's, Marty's been on flights all over the nation looking at yeah. players. Mm-hmm. Even after the summer tournament, he's going to their hometowns, and he's checking them out. That's what I was going to say. That's going to ramp up here as the season gets moving. So Absolutely. So who do, who do we have? So, is there a, a structure to how they're doing this? Could the list change? How about? Yeah, absolutely. So the thing about the the thirty listed, it is one hundred percent the preliminary roster. There is another round that will be released in the summer where it uh, drills down to fifteen, but that doesn't mean everybody on this list could be in the fifteen. There could be some that fall off. There could be some that add that are added. So they're gonna pull like uh, the movie Miracle, where they bring the guy in last minute in it, training camp and shake everything up. It's possible. You never know. Unbelievable like to see how far we've come. So burn us through the roster here, and then yeah. let's get into these guys. So coming out of the gate, uh, we have Jack Healy uh, from Springfield, Illinois, currently playing in Peoria for the Peoria Mustangs. Uh, he was at the summer tournament last year playing for uh, Gabe's, I believe, in D2. He obviously turned some head heads mock. We played against him. Uh, he was a hell of a player. Yeah, he's good. Uh up next, Austin Jackson from Waterloo, Iowa, currently playing for UW Stout, Wisconsin Stout. Another player uh, we had the opportunity to play against in a summer turn or winter. Well, I'm sorry, Waterloo tournament. Oh, Waterloo tournament. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And definitely an eye opener. I didn't. I wasn't aware of him before, but just watching him play, definitely a standout guy. Uh, following uh, Austin from Waterloo again is Tyler uh, Manicky. Uh, honestly, I wasn't too familiar with him, but uh, met with Marty, talked about him a little bit, and while we're sitting there, pulled up stats. He put up 4.6 points a game in Waterloo's Waterloo. top league. Is he their top scorer? Uh, pretty close. Jesus, is somebody with more? Yeah. They're probably on the list. <laughs> yeah, he. I, honestly, I didn't know him. He played uh, for um, Waterloo's D1 team in the summer tournament. Oh, wow. And they went deep, so 
I mean, obviously a talent there. I mean, over four points a game is unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, uh, then next on the list, what Nick, uh, Pat, and Leibinger. Yeah. I could see that being a line there, but uh, there's a lot of variables. And I mean, obviously, what Nick uh, led the the tournament last year. Is that right? Yeah, he points. led the entire World Cup in points, mm-hmm. uh, mostly from what he was setting up in the on the uh, power play with Corey Wilson. It was just a quick one-two, bang, bang. Those guys were just delivering it right to the back of the net. The all power play was so, on. Yeah, but then Lads is on there too, and I think they would maybe bring him in as a defenseman. Possibly. I've never really seen him play at a higher level, but what's it? Where's he from, and what's his background? Because I know he played like juniors or something. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't re- recall where he played juniors, but he's from Saginaw, Michigan. Um, the brother played for the Mallards too, is that right? Yeah, he got traded to Utah this year, but uh, you know, comes from a huge hockey background. Came to the Quad Cities via Palmer. Gotcha. gotcha. So, I think Leibinger's definitely a, a contender there, but it's going to be you know his school's wrapping up, so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do coming out of it. Um, next on the list, uh, Josh Lodato from Shreveport, Louisiana. Why does that name sound familiar? Oh, he's a mud bug. That's why. Yeah. Uh, you know, we played against them. Uh, you know, we've talked about the mud I bugs. I remember those guys. <laughs> we've talked about him a handful of times here. And playing against them, like, he was definitely one of their standout guys. Smaller dude, fast guy, but hands. Uh, can play. Next on the list, we got Bobby Hauser from Boston. Uh, Bobby's got an excellent snipe straight up there from the point. Uh, very strong guy. Uh, excellent player. 2016 team? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then uh, his line mate with Nick, Corey Wilson, also from Boston. That's who you're talking about on the power play? Biggest yep. stick for the tiniest man. Yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah, like, Hauser would go down Yager it while uh, Wilson and Nick, you were at points, and they're just working it, working oh, and waiting for their shot. I, so, I, I sidebar here. I streamed every game oh, uh, so did I. last year, and they were playing them at, like, 11 o'clock or whatever and it's a tuesday i'm in my apartment on the third floor going bananas and i just can imagine the people below me like what is this guy doing imagine being there i was on the tarmac on a plane watching this thing they're trying to push off i'm getting yelled at by flight attendant sir you need to turn your phone off no we're fine we're still connected we're global baby yeah but so bobby and Corey both were on the 2016 team so look for them to keep their spots unless somebody really really shows up absolutely Uh, then what else we got uh Paul Marco, uh, another Waterloo guy. Um, you know, played in their top league. Actually, put up some decent numbers with these other guys. Um, continuing here, Mike Womack. So this is my number one pick for one reason. It's if you look at Womack's resume, uh, he he did play at Robert Morris in college, but beyond that, uh, he's the only player on the list that has won the Midwest League. Uh, at the G, at the midget B level, and I mean that's something that you can't get from even Sidney Crosby or well, Alex they, Ovechkin. Jonathan Wayne Gretzky didn't even play. None of them have he? even played in the midget B league, let alone won it two years in a row. So that's amazing. I, I'm going to congrats, say, but on on a real note, Womack is a good player. He's a banger and he's a freaking competitor. Yeah, he shows up to play, and when he does, he he's dialed in. Uh, next on our list, we have uh, Waterloo Deck Jesus, uh, Danny Kahui. Jesus. Yeah. He's out there drilling nails and uh, drilling balls right to the back and of the dangling net. dangling people. Yeah, that Dude, kid. his hands are just velvet. Absolutely. And coming up next on the list, uh, from the Spokane Chiefs, from Bettendorf, Iowa, Topper. Luke Toporowski. So Luke was at the summer tournament last year. He Very limited exposure to Deck. Loves it. Absolutely does, but you know he's a smaller guy. What probably five eight up buck sixty five. Yeah, but that's the way the game is going. Yeah, but he 
according to the Facebook video that was shared out, the kid can throw some punches. Yes. Yeah, speaking of the Facebook video, the reason that uh, Micklerite isn't on anymore is because a few of these guys can throw knuckles. I mean, Nikki's a score. Topper apparently whooped this kid. <laughs> yeah. I've seen both of those guys knuckle down. You got some so haymakers in we there. We got the pretty boys that aren't afraid to mix it up. Uh, but then moving on. Uh, uh, Thomas Kalaz, he he's from Springfield, plays with uh, Jack Kiwi. Um, Freiburger plays down there, too. And then uh, coming from New Jersey, Gavin Goulash. Womack's brother. Uh, <laughs> young and uh, what, what is the league he plays in? Uh, the Nala in, okay, a, in yeah. NHL. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's, he's young, but recently I think he's slimmed down a lot. Uh, I thought he was a, a touch slow foot, and that's starting to go away. But he's a player that... He's got eyes in the back of his head, passing wise. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I've seen him make some passes in ice because Shelby and I watch a lot of their games and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even in the summer tournament, he just was dishing. He's his release big. though. He's, He's big. dishing out the goulash. There you go. <laughs> so kind of a dark horse, if we want to call it that. The next name on the list here, Jordan Senegal. Not too familiar with a lot of people. Uh, actually, I believe uh, Matt Caron, or maybe it was Corey Wilson, brought him up with the guys from the QC to the Burroughs Cup this last summer, oh, yeah. and turned some heads. Kid produced, so he was he was an instant ad uh, after Marty watched. So from Boston, uh, continuing on uh, from last uh, from the 2016 team, uh, Nick Swisher. Um, Swish is for sure a competitor. Oh, I yeah. mean. You know, Super. Especially quick when guy, gets, head on gets, a swivel. When it gets to banging, know. it gets to banging in these in these tough tournaments. And I mean, like, you know, it's a lot different than what we're able to. I mean, call Pat a game. broke his wrist from yeah. guys getting like throwing him. I mean, it's banging. Yeah, it's it's there's rough a, and tumble. There's a level of physicality here that and we Swisher's just don't play got. To. Yeah, Swisher's got a level of grit that I think a lot of people don't have. Yeah. So that's his. That's his thing, and he fit. He fits. He fits. You put him on any line, he fits. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm t next one is Scully. <laughs> Speaking it's of grit, from what? Chicago, Scully. Yeah. <laughs> Scully. Scully is if Scully's not on the team, I am leaving the country. I am not a fan of uh, USA Deck anymore, even though I probably still will be. But uh, I mean, Scully is super good. I know that he used to play with Nick out on the East Coast. I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, we went with him to Louisiana and like playing on the line with him. He made me look like super good he's unbelievable he's i feel like a lot too. of times i was open and he was like it's just easier for me to score my own yeah i'll just sit, go through these two guys don't yeah, worry about he's it. strong too so that that kind of rounds out a list of the forwards that have been identified uh, moving on to d and right now uh again from the 26 team in montreal bobby uh a forward defense defenseman kind of a not the loudest player but great hands great vision it plays great d's but i think bobby bobby is the kind of guy like like Jonathan Tay is like if Bobby has like Bobby's a, a good leader and I think that's very important on the team because there's a lot of strong personalities out there. Yeah. And you know if Bobby's got something to say you're gonna listen and Bobby plays his role and he's he's just an absolute team guy. Yeah. No, but Bobby's a great ad regardless of the team. Yeah. Which speaking of captains, Darren McMillan, former from... Mallard has been retired. Darren, no, Darren's unreal good. He, yeah. I, not knowing a ton of these guys, I would say Darren might be the top defenseman. I'll probably change my mind here in a minute. Yeah. But. All right. Well, that's a good uh, – we're talking about captains here and the leadership abilities. Well, let's go to the coach, Perry Jacobs. Perry was my coach in high school uh, and Womack as well. So Perry's got those those elusive titles that we've been talking about. Um, but, I mean, Perry's shot – and when we did the Frankenstein player, I picked Perry for a reason. Quick release, and he's just got a freaking bullet for a snapshot – 
and dude, he knows the game forward and backwards. Yeah. I honestly, I'm not 100% sure that he'll he'll be able to make the roster just because there's so much talent. But I think he's perfectly capable of holding his own. Honestly, yeah. I think there's more at play here too. If he doesn't make the regular team, I guarantee he'll make the Masters. I forget that That's Perry's good old. Point. That is a good he's point. He's not old. He's experienced. I'm just saying, like, there's 18-year-old kids on the freaking roster right now. and No, Perry's unreal. He's a grinder. He's a taller, skinny guy, but that kid can move. So, right now, from the Janesville Jets and the Nala, now playing D1 at Canisys, our record holder at 111 miles an hour, Blake Wareham. Small tier. That yeah. is insane. I miss my titles, but <laughs> if they're going to fall, fall to 111 mile an hour shot. That is blistering. Yeah. And I would say he's like a young Darren McMillan. He's quiet. He's a conservative, but he, I mean, when he puts his nose to the grindstone. He gets it done. Yeah, you're, you're done. He's, he's a got, guy. He's another, he's a guy that can kick it into a third gear. Like he's an OT guy. He's, he's a, I mean, he's got that competitive drive. He's one of those players you can't help but to respect playing with them or against them. Definitely. Next on the list, we have uh, Charlie Gerace yeah. from Bettendorf. Uh, from Davenport. Played his okay. juniors out in uh, Gillette, Wyoming, I believe. Juniors? Yeah. Unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a, just a finalist against you in the uh, Winter Classic. Yeah. And we beat you, right? Him. We should have had him. So moving, uh, we talked about uh, Luke Toporowski, but his older brother, Jake, uh, kind of rounding out the D-roll, playing out uh, in Spokane, recently retired, decided to go the college route. So... Uh, played in the summer tournament this year and uh, made the top 30 here. But uh, another name here on the D-roll, coming uh, from Boston, Matt Caron. Also from the 2016 Montreal yeah. team. Uh, the guy is, in a word, jacked. Yeah. Just yeah. muscle, muscle, muscle. Shredded cheese? It's, just, it's unreal. Like He's probably one of the most ripped guys I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I think uh, Karan played on the five-on-five USA team. I'm not 100% on that. And that I feel like that doesn't translate well. No. I don't, I don't think the five-on-five translates very a, well. When we were in Montreal, I felt like there was, there was about a game of uh, getting your feet wet and getting the experience in. But you got to remember, these guys have now had that experience. True. So they're not coming in just call, you know, all Figuring blue eyes yeah. trying to figure this out. They know what they're doing now. It's happened twice as fast. And, and they're playing year-round. It, you know, it's not a it's not a weekend warrior thing for these guys. These guys are committed. For sure. Um, so rounding out the decor here is uh, Jay Dobbs uh, from Waterloo. Uh, just the guy who uh, Joe Giacchino played with them, you know, strong defenseman. Doesn't really put up the, uh, the goal numbers, but... Not a guy you're looking for to do that. So moving on. Finally, the best segment of all. I don't care what you say, Mock. It's the goalies. Oh, interesting. So rounding, starting it out here, Freiberger coming back. I mean, Fry's my pick. I'm biased because I think he's good and I have a tough time scoring on him. But he's a big boy and he's young. He's he spent all winter playing juniors in Peoria too. So he. Well, what? and he stepped up pretty big last year, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, didn't he come in as a backup, and then yeah, oh yeah, he played quite well. Yeah, and he really he, put the team on his he, shoulders. Honestly, right? when he when he put on my sliders for the first time, he said that's like the one thing he says he's missing on deck. Um, like he has the positioning and everything else, and he actually I don't know how to slide with him, yeah, and exactly. he does. So when he when you give him good equipment, I mean he knows how to use it. Well, and last year too, I think the thing was like we were talking about the uh, five on five not necessarily translating so mm-hmm. well, and I think that was the biggest uh, issue for I don't even know who the goalie was, but I noticed that they put Fry in, 
And I think it was uh, just a Jason Roca. I think I it was think. a fatigue right. issue because yeah. in five on five, he's used to getting 25, 30 shots, not a game, not per period. And now you're getting twice that much or that's just one period. period. Yeah. And they're, they're coming at your rapid fire. So, mm-hmm. I mean, these goalies are up against a lot, especially if you haven't played it like the way those Quebecians had. I mean, they played every day practically and all those guys just train for this the whole quebec team they they travel around canada playing and entering these tournaments to win to win the money so who else we got goaltender wise because i'm biased towards fry like i said but i'm sure there's yeah so two guys um that came across in the scouting core here matt gilcrest and tyler crawford they're both out in boston they're yeah, they're they're playing the five on five, five game. Fivers, that's a red flag for me. Absolutely, and um, you know, it's still the thirty. And Marty's actually flying out in a few weeks to uh, go sit with those, meet with those guys, and see what they can actually do on a smaller rink. Unbelievable. And then that actually great segue. The last goalie on the list, Marty Filion. I would say Marty is a great, great goaltender. I think the one red flag that I have with Marty is that he's been injury plagued. So I feel like even if he's the best goaltender right here, right now on shot number one of the entire tournament, I think longevity might be a, a touch of an issue. Well, I and he wanted me to mention this. I did meet with Marty and we talked about this. He didn't put himself on the list, guys. Oh, uh, he's there for pure stats. <laughs> well, exactly. The I mean, he's good. He's good. Yeah. But think about it, though. If Marty was, the let's say, the backup goalie, think about what that can do for Freiberger. From yeah. a confidence standpoint, yep. from what Marty's seeing, Lord, having Marty Fillion as your backup goalie, you're doing and, something right. Yeah, but think about what he can, what value he can add to Freiburger. That's yeah. true. So, Shaq, you met with Marty. Um, the rest of us haven't. I know we've all seen this roster. We all have kind of an idea. You guys just heard our opinions on some of those players. Was there anything else he told you that you that you can share with everybody? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, the first one seems anecdotal, but. Um, we have to differentiate between Canadian and American in this game. Mm-hmm. Team USA can encompass foreign players if they have permanent visas and pay taxes in the country they live in. <laughs> Nick, Pat, Darren McMillan, Marty, they're all Canadian, but they do. They all have permanent visas. They do pay taxes in the United States. Therefore, they can play for Team USA. Uh, but another one is, and we kind of started this with this is the preliminary, not quite final. Names can change. So anybody who's looking to get on this list, or wondering what they can do to get there, they're looking for guys who are going to be hungry. They want to play. They're going to put the work in. They're going to get it done. Guys who are going to the gym to get their six-pack, not to the store. I would be, I would almost, and this is kind of speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised if when they trim this down to quote-unquote 15, if they don't have another two new names that aren't on the current list right now. It wouldn't surprise me. Just because they're like, all right, here's the 15 from the first. We cut it in half. Mm -hmm. Also, we, we would be... We would be doing ourselves a disservice not to put this guy on the list. Also, uh, when when we were talking the other day, you said there were some honorable mentions. Yeah. And I'll let you have that because you talked to Marty more than I did, but they blew my mind. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll And they're on, genius. I'll hit on that in a second, but really what, what it's going to boil down to of how these guys are going to get narrowed down is the Waterloo tournament, the summer tournament, and who's coming up to Quebec. So to get play out the there Burroughs and watch Cup. the unbelievable level of talent that is going to be competing to be on Team USA. That's that's what's going to be happening in Waterloo at the National Tournament in the Quad Cities and then the Burroughs Cup is they're narrowing down this list of who's going to be competing, who's playing, and who wants it. And you're going to see some unreal deck. So for those on this list already, 
We know you're listening. We know you want to hear. Make sure you're out there playing tough. The last thing was uh, Shaq and I had kind of run through this the other day because I want to educate myself because there's a few players from the other areas that I'm not familiar with. And uh, honorable mentions, if you want to call them that, I'm going to call them future prospects, to be honest. They want to target a victory in two, three, four, five years, whereas maybe we're not going to be top-level gold medal absolute shoe-in right now, but we're moving to that direction. I mean, look where deck hockey started and look where we are now. Well, this is only the and sophomore season. And it's the same yeah, And us, and us coming in thing. last season in Montreal and taking, taking fourth, yeah. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Dude, that's unbelievable. And, this, this and that's sophomore. like not really knowing what the hell's going on. There was not this preliminary thing. There was not uh, uh, a weeding out. There were player. There weren't guys traveling the country looking at them, but but so the future looks bright. Not only with the guys on the list, but also with what I'm going to call like the junior squad or yeah. whatever you're going to call them. So uh, when I team. yeah, when I sat down with Marty, he threw out three names that were kind of they were tough calls to make. Um, he wanted to he wanted to make sure that uh, not necessarily he wanted to make sure, but he wanted to he made a point to tell me that these were guys that were on the fence, and it was Stone Patton. Andrew Kramer and Brady Jackson. Good job, guys. And those are players that I mean, obviously Brady's not playing right now. He plays in Peoria with Fry and Jack Healy, but uh, Kramer and Stone we talk about all the time. Those are young kids. They're just coming into their bodies. They're coming into their hands right now, and they're going to be good. So they've been in uh, a lot of Pat's skating camps and things like that. And I've had the privilege of working with them uh, when they were a little younger. They probably don't have anything left to learn from me, but those kids are, they're hardworking. They're, they're just, they're a natural talent anyway. Those are kids that you could probably put in any sport and they're going to be good. And thank God they picked hockey because they're unbelievably good. And I mean, they're, they are not physically capable right now. I think of playing against grown men like if they'll, scully they'll goes into the, if scully goes into the corner with somebody like that and they don't call the the way that we call it in the quad it's cities for league for play so they would get they, they would not have a great time but two years from now i mean it just it looks bright for the future of deck hockey and the future of team usa this next segment is brought to you by me in a very tight red t-shirt Basement Basics. I really hope you guys like the new segment that we've got going on. Uh, We appreciate any support, any feedback that you guys have, but we really just want to help everyone get better, help everybody with uh, just small things that you can do to tweak your game in the offseason, bring that to the deck here in the spring, and score some goals. Uh, we've had some correspondence with uh, some of our listeners out there and uh, longtime supporter uh, Athena Gilbraith asking for some tips and tricks um, for the women players out there. And frankly, I think it's good for all players. Well, so yeah. the way that I took the question was, how do I get a player who tends to be that stay-at-home defender, that hangback uh, kind of sandbag person, and get them to move up forward. But then that also made me think, what about the cherry picker? What about the person yeah. who thinks they're all-time offense that doesn't have the tendency to come back? And how can I get those people to be more well-rounded was, was sort of how I took it. Yeah, without being too like assertive with those specific players, my thought process is you don't have forwards and you don't have defensemen. 
right? You've got I like it. you have somebody who lines up behind because you have to. You have defensive minded players, but during the course of a game, you're in your offensive zone. You have three forwards, and then when you're in, conversely, when you're in the other end, you have three defensemen. So you have to play both right. sides of the rink. If you don't, if you've got a one person hanging behind the red line in your offensive zone, you're playing two one three, or put the other team on a power play based on that one person's preferred positioning. Right, and I for one am guilty of of doing a little cherry picking once in a while. Uh, part of that is because I'm used to playing five on five, and it's it just it's just kind of the thing you're not used to having to get back and play D. So Eric, well, Kyle, you come from a, a cross country background, and he uh, works for a, a bike company, specialized bikes. <laughs> so, and so he's got pl- he's he's got the wheels. Like you're not hurting for endurance. It sometimes it's a mental thing. So if you're used to uh, being that four check person. My suggestion to every team is maybe sacrifice a game or maybe sacrifice a period at the very beginning of the season and have your stay at home D person starting center. Just even if it's for like a period or even a game, you know, when the season's not on the line, the playoffs aren't on the line, it's, you know, you're still already working out the bugs, switch it up, mix people up, put them in places where they're, they're out of their element. So that person that, is the all-time D, switch that person with your cherry picker yeah. and give them specific roles, and that will help change their brain from being pre-programmed to their one specific role and make them more of a well-rounded player. Because I I agree with Shaq wholeheartedly that everyone should be on defense or everyone should be on offense. And that, that, should, that should be your goal across the board. Well, and maybe a, a good side effect would be that that defensive player will now figure out how to score goals or become that assist person. And then you add another armament to your arsenal that you've got somebody who can work with players instead of scoring 10 goals. Now you've got two guys who are going to score six apiece. You're just going to add. Okay, okay. Addition by subtraction almost. Yeah. So uh, that that kind of makes me think of our two-plus team. Uh, Okay, so I grew up playing on a team. We referenced earlier, I played with Womack. Stegman was on our team, and I know that I, I tout Stegman a lot, but I, I actually really respect him as a hockey player. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast because he'll never <laughs> let me live that down. But he was he was a center. He was a forward. He was the, the score guy, and he's a defensive-minded guy. So he was yeah. our first back check guy. And on the power play, he would actually work. We would run an umbrella. So... As a defenseman, I would slide to the left. My defensive partner would slide to the right, and Stegman would be top dead center, and he would run the show. And that's an offensive guy quarterbacking from a defensive role. So if you take your cherry picker, your top scorer, your person with your best hands, your best vision, now from a defensive role, we talk a lot about how people tend to dump and chase and and rush things. If you've got that person who's composed and they're used to being a distributor at the back, that might allow people to assume a new role. And like Shackelford said, instead of me scoring 10 goals, we can both score six, we can both score seven. And now we've got a well-rounded line instead of a top-heavy team that has one or two main scorers. Yeah, and what that does for the other team is now defensively, they don't have to focus on one player. They know, they know that cherry picker is going to try to score. Now you've got three... You've got three players out there that can all produce because they're all playing together. They're all cycling. They're all working in sync. Well, and, and now you know the other thing it does for your team is now everybody's on the board. Everybody's playing together. Now you have cohesion. Now you have stuff you didn't have before because you had one guy you're trying to dish it to. That's a super one good guy point. you're leaning mm-hmm. on. That's yeah. a super good point because uh, let's say let's say you have to go uh, on a kill or you have a player. Let's say your top scorer 
has to work late, has a wedding, whatever, whatever. They have an injury. And now you've got a team that can work without your main centerpiece, you know? So instead of having a top heavy team, that's a super good point. I really like that. Having a well-rounded team. And we touted that a lot in, in two plus that we yeah. had everybody on the score sheet all the time. Well, and that, that's what crew does. It's what yeah. every team. Well, does. that's what you see with the Bottom teams up. that win like the championships and they go deep. It's not because their top line's amazing. It's because their third line produces just as much like, as their top line. Like that in the NHL. It's like Linville switches up constantly. Mm-hmm. So everyone is comfortable playing. Each that's other. a really good point. The Blackhawks yeah. do that. I mean, the Mallards, we see a lot of turnover too. You, you know? have to cycle through. And if you can't produce on all three or four lines, if you're playing ice, then it doesn't matter what your top line does. That's it. That's the shutdown line. That's when they put their fourth line out there to check the hell out of them. Well, you might find some chemistry that you didn't even know about. Exactly. There you go. For sure. For sure. We understand in the community, you guys are looking to us, looking for ways you can get better. So a couple ways we're going to do that is releasing Basement Basics once, once a week for you. So the, the key about Basement Basics, though, is this, this, this is routed in fan feedback. That feedback from the listeners that reached out be like, hey, what can we do in the offseason? What are the tricks? What are the tips? What can we share with our players and teammates? That's how I grew up. And I guarantee you we were talking about Stone and Kramer and these young guys growing oh, up. They're oh, in the garage. They're in the basement. Ask them. Ask mm-hmm. them, and I bet you they have some sort of makeshift training facility, whatever. There's nobody with a mansion in the sky and a, and a rink in their basement yeah. in the Quad Cities. We live in Iowa. Let's be real. But it's it's confined space it's limited time it's i don't want to spend any money on resources it's i want to have fun mm-hmm. you know and and we we actually you know what we appreciate everybody that's doing uh the biggest loser right now for Absolutely. sure because sure. we we just want to make the entire deck hockey community better we want to make the quad cities better and the biggest loser goes along with that and basement basics is kind of piggybacking off people that just want to reach that next level so any any feedback that you guys can give me it really helps me drive the content and gives me ideas to what I can bring to you because I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but Hey man, there's gotta be something out there that I, I can give you a little bit of a tip or a trick. So, and I, I think I speak for all of us. Thank you all for listening and thank you all for giving us that feedback. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we, as we grow, we want you to grow as well. Hey guys, this is Kyle McKenna with specialized bicycles. I'm your local Midwest demo driver. Just wanted to give you guys a few more dates coming up. On April 14th with Healthy Habits, we are doing the Sylvan Island Stampede. going to be a great mountain bike race, so come out to that. Um, Healthy Habits is also opening up a new shop. Uh, Paired with the brewery, they will be serving beer as well as uh, plenty of great bikes for you guys to try out. Um, Also, if you guys want to check out any Further events, go to Specialized.com, and you can see where the demo truck is in your territory. Coming in the spring and summer, your favorite things. We have the Waterloo Tournament and the QC Deck Hockey Tournament. Now, we have a special guest tonight, uh, Kyle McKenna, who does not traditionally play with us, um, except for the summer tournaments, Um, particularly the QC Deck Hockey one. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about your experience and why you keep coming back? Yeah. Um, honestly, I had a pretty, uh, unique set of experiences. The first year I got to spectate, uh, just, just as a complete, complete outsider, Eric's like, Hey man, come up for this tournament. It's going to be super great. Honestly, uh, I really didn't think much of it. You know, I was pretty new to the sport of deck hockey. So when I showed up, I was super surprised right off the bat, how many people there were, 
just just the pure crowd people just just watching and the intensity was the second thing i was like wow these guys are really really going at it uh as soon as you see the board with all the you know spreadsheets and everything like that you know brackets like that it's it's really well put together and that's the that's when i decided myself like all right i'm going to play next year (laughs) well this is uh he were you spectating in the year where it was like a hundred degrees the whole time, or did you play? No, the I year? played during that okay. one. It's the year oh, before. Should have spectated yeah. in that one. <laughs> okay, but yeah, that, we all honestly, should have. I think so far that was my favorite. Ah, our tent was so good last year, but that was my favorite year just based on pure atmosphere because I feel like at the end of it, it was like everybody, no matter what team you were on, it was just the most hellish con- conditions ever. That by the end, everybody was like. Wow, we made it through and we didn't die. Well, that we were was, like went through battle. That was the, yeah. like this. That was prior to Tent City. That was when only a few people brought up tents. Other yeah, people were now, roughing it out there. Quite a few tents, though. Yeah, now but now it's, like now it is it's now. a Hooverville out there, man. This is like yeah. this is Depression era. We're gonna be up there for an entire yeah. weekend chilling in these. Tents. Except there's satellite oh. TV, air conditioning, right. yeah. lights in every tent. But there still was Our that generator. sense of camaraderie between between everyone. It's like, yeah, we're all going through this together. And I'm <laughs> right away. So so their very first game. I think it was their first game anyway. <laughs> Who do they draw? In pool play, and it's probably at like the three level or <clears throat> or three plus something like that. Louisiana mud bugs. They draw Louisiana mud bugs, and I was uh-huh. like, I was like, ah, oh, dang, they're all gonna be like, what did you do? And I was like, I was like, how do I motivate them? Because they're, I want you guys to try to win, but you're not gonna. But so, what was it like playing the mud bugs right off the bat? Oh God. Uh, I was like, well, these guys are way more acclimated it's to the heat. It's 110 <laughs> degrees, and you're playing the mud bugs. I had so much sweat in my eyes, I couldn't see anything. And I was like, well, uh, these guys clearly are not phased by this. So that was pretty much our biggest butt whipping. So of I was the really thing. worried. I was worried after that. But, but then the thing is, the next game, that was the most memorable goal I had. I, I deked it, and I went double five hole through defender and goalie. And I was like, here it goes. And then since then, we had been scoring a ton of goals. We won the next two games, but the second game, we didn't win by enough points to get into uh, the next round. You lost the goal differential. That's the thing about the tournament is you still have a chance to come back after, even after a tough loss like that. You still have a chance to make a really good impact. And I had random guys pat me on the back. Hey, man, nice. You had a few goals in there, hit the post a few times. That's some pretty sick goals, not going to lie. Nice. He's Well, and it's a great plug for Basement Basics is, is uh, McKenna's a guy who's got just kind of a hodgepodge of equipment and not a lot of background, but he likes playing. And he's going to, whatever, have a beer or whatever, go out in the garage and just take take just rippers right. at the wall. And it's just like I don't have a lot of rhyme or reason to it, but I've got a lot of time on the stick. And so – by the end there. of the tournament, when he got comfortable with the ball and he got comfortable with how things were going, just the way that the skill progression moved forward on this this team of almost entirely rookie players was absolutely incredible. Yeah, nice. So, like, did you fall in love with the tournament? You're like your first yeah. go around. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Clearly, clearly, you're having a blast on deck. So, if we were to put a D four team together in this summer's tournament, you going in? Yes. Sold. And he gets to use a cheater stick. But can we get his contract working, please? With the new well, yeah. with the new sticks. Uh, I'm responsible with for the new that, sticks, so. I feel like the I feel like a cheater stick isn't gonna help. No, I don't think so. It's just, it just I like piece, my curve. You know, it's no advantage or disadvantage. Just used just yeah. used to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like that's fair. Driving your car. So what we're talking about here, boys, is 
It's January, and we're already looking forward to July. And May for the Waterloo Tournament. Got a long Absolutely. way to go. We're going to be bringing teams to both of them. Uh, we're already working out rosters. If you're not, I uh, mean, you frankly, can lose too. Yeah, but if you're not good, done. don't definitely don't put your roster together. It's way too early. Don't start thinking about that yet. Don't worry about what you're going to do off the Just because we deck. are, just because we're recruiting doesn't mean you should be recruiting. Yeah, just you 100% shouldn't. Take, just take it take easy. Take it off, man. It's Nobody off just, just go. Just, Go yeah. buy a six pack at the store, not in the gym. Yeah. Dude, it's whatever. It's fine. The I guess the two big tournaments, especially if we we're gonna dial back to Team USA, yep. uh, are the Waterloo tournament and then my absolute and utter favorite. Best weekend of the summer. Yeah, I, literally, like I take my vacation time around I take vacation the tournament. Now. I do too. Yeah, it's and so fun. and it's and it's right after the fourth, which I actually like because I can kind of parlay that and buy a couple more days. <laughs> but uh, so, when is the Waterloo tournament, and what what is the prize money? Uh, r- right now, the Waterloo tournament scheduled through uh, Friday, May eighteenth through the twentieth. The Quad City, the national tournament, NDA tournaments, uh, Thursday the 5th through the 8th of July. And we are going to have over $12,000 in prizes between the two tournaments. Just saying. So QC dates are right around 4th of July. What are uh, we talking? Right after, immediately after. So the 4th is on Wednesday. It starts the Thursday the 5th and concludes on the 8th, Sunday. So Thursday through Sunday. Yep. 5th through the 8th. That wraps it up for our discussion on the tournaments. Um, tonight, Eric Mock, what did you learn? Uh, tonight I learned that Mike Womack is the only player on the USA roster with a Midwest Midget B championship, and he has two. Ryan Shackelford, what did you learn tonight? I learned it's a new year, and we've got to start playing, and so Team USA is getting their games together. Tournaments are getting prepared. Let's go. Squatch, what did you learn tonight? I learned that you need to be planning for your summer tournament on and off the deck right now or you're gonna be behind and watching basement basics and i've been watching you know i was there for the recording man i learned so much just being there and having you tell me how to toe drag better and how to just get a little drill well i only have one question about this whole lineup who's got the best flow deck jesus (laughs) deck jesus 100 deck jesus marty uh, it's got to be Danny. It's Deck Jesus. Danny from Waterloo. How is it not Deck Jesus? Greatest hair of all time. I mean, I think there has to be a hair side note hockey championship. Side note, like the Minnesota State Championship. Exactly, unbelievable. But no, I think that uh, I think that Kramer could oh. take a serious run. That kid, I talked to him the other day. He said he has to pay his barber double. They break a comb when they try to comb it. He has to use a rake. It's wow. that thick. Yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable. Kramer's it's just got pu- some flow, dude. Pure genetics. I think that you wraps can. it up for another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. Tonight we talked a little bit about the Team USA roster, what you can do to get better, watch uh, Basement Basics, and a quick discussion on the summer tournament. As always, go out there and score some goals and keep it all deck.